Hi, welcome to the Movement for Modern Life podcast. I'm Kat Farrance and I'm founder of the Movement for Modern Life, known as the Netflix of yoga. In this podcast, I'll be exploring ways that we can all move more freely towards a healthy, happy and sustainable life. I'll be meeting teachers and experts in a variety of different fields. I'll be sharing with you some of my tips and tools that I have in my toolbox so you can take your small steps towards a healthy, happy, sustainable life. So today I'm joined by Norman Blair and Norman is, I think you're one of the most senior yin yoga teachers in the UK, if not the most. Is that right, Norman? Or do you, do you not count it? I I balk at uh, words like that. I thought that you might. I had a niggly suspicion (laughs) you wouldn't be keen. (laughs) I've been doing it. I've been doing it for a while. Yeah, Norman's been teaching for a while. Absolutely. As have, as have many others. (laughs) Yeah, and that's the wonderful thing about um, in this conversation. I'm absolutely so chuffed to be talking with you, Norman, because you are one of the most humble yoga teachers and you will always put other people before your own work. And um, that is the reason really why I wanted to talk to you, because your way of being, your way of talking, your actions to me are living yoga. It, and the fact that you teach the shapes really well is just <laughs> an added bonus. <laughs> um, so w- what I really wanted to talk to you about, um, Norman, is how we can all be um, be the change. Because I see you as a champion of change for how a yoga teacher is in the world. And I'd love for you to just share some of your guiding principles and things that you f- think might be useful for people. Um. I, I think one of the most important things is about um, having support mm. from each other. And the more support we can get, maybe the braver we can be in standing up. And we live in a society that is very, um, what's the word, hyper-individualistic. Mm. And so we can retreat into our own kind of patterns and when we have support, then we perhaps have the courage to, when we see something that we feel is wrong or unethical, to stand up and speak out. Mm. So support, I think that's essential. And then just to make that uh, appropriate um, for those teaching yoga, I think that all of us as yoga teachers need support, both what I might describe as horizontal support so that's from fellow teachers what could be called peer groups and from a more kind of mentoring structure Mm. Mm. yeah I think that's right because especially um, I think yoga teaching can be quite a lonely thing and people can be sort of thrown out into the world I know when I first qualified as a yoga teacher I it's like right there you go there's your certificate now run along and be happy and you're like oh jeez It's like the baby birds being booted out of the nest. Yes. And you either crash to the ground or you fly. And yes. so many other work that is people-orientated, like teaching yoga definitely is, mm. there is a requirement that those doing it have support, you know, whether you're going to call it mentoring, whether you're going to call it supervision. And for some strange reason the yoga teachers are kind of slipped out the back door and there's not Mm -hmm. that requirement so 
you kind of you have your 200 hour training mm. which to be realistic is like a a tiny drop in a vast ocean mm-hmm. and then it's like you're thrust out and mm. I kind of feel you know when I was first kind of teaching yoga it was like my god thank god no one's died in the class <laughs> you know and it was like wow you know this is this is quite a responsibility mm. and I'd had you know very little preparation for that responsibility mm-hmm. but yeah I, I suppose just to, so coming back to this idea of you know, how can we be, um, how can we be change is about getting support from each other. It's mm. about, as you said, it's about acknowledging the realities such as, you know, teaching can be lonely. Mm. Teaching can be low paid as well. So acknowledge mm-hmm. the realities and kind of um, almost like uh, pulling down the um, the delusions. Oh, yeah. oh, you're a yoga teacher. How wonderful that is when, in fact, it can mm. be a real struggle. Yes, it can for many people. And this is another thing that I so greatly admire about you, Norman. You're very, um, you're uncompromising in your speaking up, uh, speaking to truth and not being afraid of that because lots of people don't want to put their heads above the parapet and say something that's been going on for years and years, which is that yoga teachers are in general by some of the large studios undervalued um, in terms of their monetary um, compensation obviously their students value them tremendously but um, they, they struggle financially and I think can be taken advantage of and it's wonderful that you're speaking up on that yeah you know I'm I'm very fortunate Kat because you know what I've done in like times before I was teaching yoga that I have a stable place to live that you know I bought when the kind of the housing market in London was at a real kind of low point mm-hmm. and then at home my partner suggested and it was a wonderful idea you know we have a a little yoga studio at home so to a significant extent I'm outside the um the studio world which Mm. then gives me the freedom to speak up and I've Mm. had plenty of teachers contact me and say it's great what you're saying but I'm scared to speak up because Mm -hmm. I'm teaching like three classes at x Mm -hmm. so I, I think, you know, and I also, I'm very conscious. I know I've seen like kind of studio books and I know that um, running a yoga studio is not like a, a gold mine. No, it's hard. It's like, absolutely. It's, it's, it's hard. It's tough. And I know there are many, many different demands, but I just feel that if you look back over the last 10 or 20 years, that the, the teachers and also the center workers, the receptionists have been mm. the ones who have been squeezed. And you've mm. had things like um, Mind Body Online, the kind of mm. the big booking system. And I know that their costs, what they charge studios mm. in the last uh, few years, has su- substantially increased. Uh, mm. One studio was telling me that it'd gone up by something like 40% in the My last word. three years. Yeah. So it's almost like I don't want to bring in Uber, but. <laughs> You know, mm. a driver for Uber gets mm. something like 20% or even less of the fare. Mm. So the the majority of the fare is going to a small number of people and mm-hmm. we could almost say a computer system. Mm. And the actual people who are creating the wealth, the, the drivers, mm. the yoga teachers, the workers in the centers mm. are being, as you said, undervalued. Mm. And it's really hard because obviously I'm a business owner as well. And this makes me think of my business model, the way that I value 
all of those who enable my business to happen because frankly there would be no movement for modern life without teachers and without the wonderful people who do all the work behind the scenes so it 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 is that and i do understand that from a business perspective again people often will see oh it's an online business and sort of imagine you sitting back somewhere in barbados drinking tequila (laughs) all day or whatever you know well watching the money coming in and gosh it's uh, i suppose the only conclusion that i can come to because um that is unfortunately not my position (laughs) and I'm doing things like you know growing my own vegetables and things like this to to kind of get get by (laughs) yeah it is a good practice it is and I'm it's it's great for our mental health absolutely and I suppose this is what it comes to frankly I have a you know it's a lifestyle business it's a business that enables me to grow my vegetables and equally I need to grow my vegetables in order to do the business if you know what I mean and that's kind of where I'm at with it and I think that that's okay but it's good to have that reminder Norman it's really important and I think mm, we we have to it's like you know what is this life Mm. You know, what do we want? It's like it's such a a good question of like, or what makes my heart sing? And a very valid answer to that is I don't know. Mm. And that's great. It's great to say I don't know. And we just kind of keep asking ourselves that question. Mm. It's like, you know, I think when we're, you know, in the last stages of life, we won't be like worrying about, you know, how much we have in the, the bank account or whether mm. we've paid off the mortgage or <laughs> you know, we'll be thinking about you know, have I, has my life bought in value? You know, what, mm-hmm. what's the, where's the love been? You know, the kind mm-hmm. of the relationships, the friendships. Mm-hmm. So that's, I suppose, I, I kind mm-hmm. of think that's what, you know, to me is, is a priority. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, we live in a, a culture that's so, um, it's kind of fixated on uh, money. And mm-hmm. it's, it's almost like, it's knowing the price to price of so much and, you know, not really knowing the value. I think, oh, right. you know, like we can, we can learn so much from like, you know, just going for a walk in nature. Mm. As I, you know, I say this often on kind of trainings, mm. you know, I'm a big fan of tree hugging, you know, <laughs> just going up to a tree and hugging a tree and just kind of being mm. out in the green and mm. it's, it can be so good for our soul, you know, having a conversation with a good friend, it can be so mm. good for our soul. It's mm. not like how much money we have in our bank account. Yeah, I think that's right. And it's such a shame that we're sort of caught in a trap where that is deemed to be the most important thing, but also that that we have to make money in order to survive. I mean, what a rubbish system. It upsets me a little bit that we all are. <laughs> it's so unequal. It's so unfair, yes, isn't it? It's ridiculous. And the people who really need to be more valued are valued the least. And yes. it doesn't work. <laughs> so that that is very upsetting to me as well as it is to everybody who can see it. Mm. Um, but I suppose the thing that I like about you as well is that you are making those, you are, you are inspiring people to make those little changes to see the wood for the trees in life. Uh, yeah, I think it's, um, you know, it's like too often we, we set the, the bar too high, you know, we have like these, you know, great goals and then we kind of we doom ourselves yet again to failing to reach what we wanted to get to. And there's so much, it's almost like instant gratification. Mm. 
mm-hmm. like I want it now. Mm-hmm. I was talking um, very recently with someone who's been teaching for like 30, 40 years, and she was saying about how little she was paid for the first five or 10 years of teaching. And mm-hmm. it's like, it takes time. And we have to, mm-hmm. we, you know, there's almost like, we have to be patient and we have to be, it's, I can't think of the right word, like diligent in what we do. And mm. we have to, as you said, like small steps, small steps, mm. because when we're successful in the small steps, that can give us the confidence that we can continue. Whereas mm. if we're like, you know, as just on a kind of practical example, if you've trained to be a yoga teacher and then you think, oh, okay, within a year, I'll have X number of classes with all these people coming, mm-hmm. it's very likely there's going to be disappointment, there'll be disillusionment. But if mm-hmm. instead you come out of a training and think, okay, well, maybe in six months' time I might be teaching three classes and, like, you know, some people are coming along and I'm starting to develop a relationship with them, mm-hmm. you know, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, it's, it's this, this difficulty that the culture that we are in is so mm-hmm. much about have it now. You know, you get it now. And mm-hmm. actually, that's untrue. And mm-hmm. we have to be, you know, we we have to be persistent in what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And it is, what's that word? Like noses to the grindstone. Yes, yes. And we have to be realistic in what we can get. And then the funny flip of that is at the same time, I think it's good to be completely unrealistic. Mm-hmm. It's good to have, you know, the kind of the dreams of what could be it can be really healthy to think, well, how would life be if it was completely mm-hmm. transformed? Mm-hmm. How might, you know, it, we live, it's almost like we can, we can visualize kind of the natural world collapsing around us, you know, with mm-hmm. climate change, with mm-hmm. the kind of all the, you know, the extinction of different mm-hmm. species. Yeah can we visualize a different system from the current socioeconomic structure? Mm. Yeah. And and to be honest, I think that we need to. I know, I know exactly. (laughs) But it it is, it's an interesting question of like, we Mm. can, we can see, you know, we can feel, you know, like the Mm. summer getting hotter. Mm. We can see, you know, the impact on the world around us, Mm. but we, you know, it's that kind of, it's almost like we want to, I want to say like a leap of like, Mm. well, how might it be to live Mm. in a different way? And I'm not Mm. pretending that I have any kind of great answers, Kat, because Mm -hmm. I don't. Right. But I think it's really important that we kind of ask ourselves these questions and, you know, we hold like kind of different ideas at the same time. So as much as like, okay, let's, you know, let me just like one small step, one small step. Mm. So maybe one small step could be, okay, I'm going to, commit to a regular practice of five minutes every day and I think Mm -hmm. that's great run like okay I'm going to do like two hours every day and then three months later oh that's too Mm -hmm. much Mm -hmm. so I'm going to do like five minutes every day and then at the same time almost having that kind of leap of faith of what else could be possible ah and that's that's where um because that is a strong thing that comes in through your teachings um, the mm. exploration of what else is possible, and that is the juice of. That's yeah. where for me yoga comes from on the mat, where you're just exploring. Okay, I'm in a shape, and then what? What else can I feel? What other possibilities? And now we're off the mat, and we're also 
able to ask the same question. Yeah, it's that kind of constant, like, you know, how am I in daily life? And, you know, like I mm. say, this morning I was grumpy, mm. you know. This morning I'm kind of feeling a bit of, like, you know, the weight of the world on my shoulders. Mm -hmm. You know, this is life. It, you know, we can go through all these different seasons just in one day. Absolutely. But it's like to kind of, it's like this whole idea of like, okay, turn towards how am I actually in this moment? And the more we can do that, the more we have a, a real understanding that it changes. And mm. I remember I used to work in um, mental health in the late 90s. And I remember working with one client and he was he was probably in his 40s at the time. And he said to me, you know, I'm, I'm severely depressed. I've always been depressed and I always will be depressed. And I remember <laughs> thinking at the time, well, actually, it's definitely going to change. You might get worse, but it's definitely <laughs> going to change. And that he would have enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't say that to him. But it's, I, I did think that it's, it's definitely mm. going to change. And mm. I think, you know, one of the, one of the points about, Hopefully, in a conscious yoga practice, we can be more constructive directors of change. Yeah, I agree. So I think be, that's what it's about. Okay, what, what, am I, what am I doing with my life? How can I live life in a better way? Mm. And, and that and, might be mm -hmm. as simple as like, you know, I'm at the kind of tube station and I see someone with a pram and I help them with the pram down the stairs. That might be, you know, it's like, you know, things happen and that's, you know, coming back to this idea of, of support, you know, mm -hmm. there have been times in my life when I've been so grateful for support that has really helped me. Mm. Yeah, well, I think we all need support, don't we? And if we yeah. can support each other in our, you know, we're all on a journey of change and discovery and things like that. And I think just being there for each other, it's okay. You can do this. Yeah. You can explore it. <laughs> And, you know, sometimes having someone around to ask awkward questions. Very important. You know, to sometimes, you know, rock that boat a bit. Mm. You know, to mm. say, you know, to say, are you sure you want to teach so many classes? Mm. You know, to say, like, so for myself, um, in the last uh, year, I've stopped uh, teaching event. I teach something outside up in Manchester, but apart from that, stopped mm. teaching workshops outside London because it was too much. Mm -hmm. It was too much for me in terms of like, it would be a very long day mm. and I'd be tired at the end. So mm. it's like, it's like actually, well, what am I talking about and how do I apply that to myself? Mm. Yeah, you know, how do you make your life sustainable? Yeah, exactly. How do, and, you know, a friend of mine, she has this wonderful line of, mm. you know, how can, be, how can we be well when we're working in the wellness industry? <laughs> yeah, you know, very there, true. There's, 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 lots of, there's lots of challenges. And it's like, but we have to ask ourselves these questions to help answer those challenges. Mm, yeah, I think that's important. And, um, and I think asking the questions of how can we be honest with ourselves and others is important as well. Because there are a lot of, um, well, there's a lot of bullshit, isn't there, around in the industry and in, yeah. in the yoga world. And you kind of need to cut through the layers in order to, to get the <laughs> juice out of it, I think, sometimes. I th yeah, there's a lot, you know, it's like, oh, everything's so wonderful. 
Mm. And well, some t- sometimes it is and sometimes it's not. Mm. You know, sometimes life is really difficult. You know, sometimes when I've gone in to teach a class, I felt really quite flat mm-hmm. and disconnected. I, I remember maybe a year or so ago, you know, teaching a course and I was feeling, you know, not like completely there. And I talked mm-hmm. about it with my partner and she was really, you know, you've got to sort this out. Mm-hmm. You mm. cannot, you know, you cannot cruise through this. You cannot autopilot. You've got to sort this out. And it was a really good, you know, kick in the butt for me. And <laughs> yeah, it's I, what I we think all need. It's what we all need. Exactly, Cal. We all need these kind of, okay, what, you know, what am I doing? Am I just cruising through this? You know, mm. why am I feeling like, mm. say, oh, I've done this, you know, like, you know, I've taught a lot of classes and like, you know, there mm-hmm. can be that danger of complacency. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think, you know, complacency in, in some ways is more dangerous than um, nervousness. Nervousness is, mm-hmm. it can be good as long as it's not overwhelming because it mm-hmm. keeps us at that kind of growing mm-hmm. edge. Mm-hmm. But complacency, you know, like, what's it, I've mm-hmm. seen it, done it, had it, it can mm-hmm. be the, the, a real kind of problem. I think, um, again, I think just for every human, it's it's the biggest problem. Yeah. You know, if you're a business owner, it's a problem. And if yeah. you're if you're a mum and you're like, yep, done a great yeah. job here. I can now put my feet up. It's a problem, whoever you are, whatever you're doing. I think that we all have to keep a little bit um, excited, maybe. Is that the right word? Ex- um, excited. Excited is a good word. We we have to keep a, like the growing edge. Mm, you know yeah. it's, it's you know it's, you know just stop for a moment and it's like what am i doing mm. you know mm. how you know how does this fit with mm-hmm. you know my values how yeah. does this um relate to the world around me mm. what what can i do to make you know my life more meaningful mm. and again that works for me i see the parallel of my yoga practice because to be honest I used to do what I did and that was what I did and I became a bit complacent because every day this is what I do and this is my practice Mm. and one of the joys for me of movement for modern life is I've now big I I now practice to a wide variety of different (laughs) classes and it's really good for me because it keeps me interested it keeps me on the edge it keeps it keeps me learning otherwise I think I do sometimes get into a little Yep, this yeah. is what I do. This is how I do it. And maybe that's good for some people. But um, yeah, for I me, I think it didn't help me grow. Moving in different ways is really healthy. And I think there's a danger. Like, you know, someone says to me, oh, I do yin yoga six days a week. I'm a bit like, well, you should go and do like the weights down in yeah. a gym. Or you should go for a run across Hampstead Heath. Or, mm-hmm. you know, someone says to me, I do Ashtanga yoga six days a week. I'm like, well, I think... Um, you're, it might be really good for you to do some restorative yoga yeah. or, you know, go for a walk over uneven ground, you mm-hmm. know, walk around, you know, walk barefoot, you know, doing, moving ourselves in, in different ways can be mm-hmm. a good way of um, challenging complacency. Mm. Yeah, I think I think that's absolutely right. So it's the complacency which goes on and off the mat, because yeah. that's that's kind of what I like about your teachings is it's so relevant to how you can live your life. It's not this is your yoga class and now go off and do whatever you use you do in your life. It's exactly the same teaching. Well, I suppose it's, it's very much about um, 
trying to wake up, mm. trying to be awake to this world, um, to recognize that what we experience is time limited, being aware of um, our connection to what is around us, how we mm. impact on our world. Mm. And with that, I know that you have um, done, well, you're interested in the in ecology, in the environment, in the climate. I'd love to say debate, but it's frankly not a debate anymore. It's an emergency yeah. right now. <laughs> um, so I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts as to how that is a thing which impacts um, a yoga teacher. <laughs> Good question. Um, I think it, I suppose it could come down to, uh, sustainability, mm-hmm. how, you know, it's a question like how are we sustaining ourselves and then, well, how is my impact on the world around me? Is that sustainable? Mm. So trying to walk lightly, mm. you know, however that might be manifested, whether that's in like kind of dietary changes whether that's in being aware of uh, not necessarily just kind of consuming to fill the hungry ghost within so many of us, we have this kind of this wanting, this wanting, this wanting. So we, you know, it's our, it's our religion is shopping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, do we really need like more clothes? Do we really need mm. more things? Mm. And um, so we just go, go into this kind of questioning Mm. of what we need do we do i really need to fly somewhere mm-hmm. sometimes like my, my partner's from the states so mm-hmm. we do fly to the states to go and visit her family but uh we're teaching a week in crete um at the end of september so we're actually taking the mm. train to crete oh, so it's going to be a long it's going to be a long journey and mm. clearly the last stage of the journey is not by train because it's the mediterranean but that'll be mm. by boat and that'll take something like maybe three or four days. And, mm. and then we have to fly back because we need to be back in the UK. Mm. But I was looking at something recently of um, southern Spain. You know, you can, mm. you can get to Malaga from mm. London in um, something like 22 hours on the train. That's just wonderful. And what a nicer it, journey would you have? Exactly. So it's kind of looking mm. at all these things. And I know, you know, I, I know people who say who've their experience they've gone vegetarian mm-hmm. and it's not work for them and mm. so then they'll occasionally eat fish or other mm. meat but it's like it's just being conscious of what we do it's not about mm-hmm. posing a model on someone oh you must mm-hmm. be vegetarian or mm-hmm. you know you cannot fly you know mm-hmm. it's like well, well what's the impact of me doing that you know am i going to yes. be as uh what's the word as ethical as i can mm-hmm so yeah, lo- lots of questions, Kat, and I think that's mm. part of it to kind of to ask ask these questions. And we live in a a society that, in some ways, does not want us to ask questions. Wants us just to accept. You know, I said about you know, mm-hmm. the religion is shopping. You know, mm-hmm. keep your head down. Don't don't rock the boat. Don't mm-hmm. challenge authority. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's got us into a bit of a mess. <laughs> yes, it has. And um. And I suppose the thing is, because a lot of people, they like to numb themselves. And that's essentially, I suppose, what they're doing. It's a form of escapism because life is hard and it is suffering. 
yes. for many people. Um, it's a yeah. it's a tricky experience to navigate through life. I've done um, plenty of um, self numbing in the past. Yes, and um, I think also it has to be said sometimes we can use things like a yoga practice or a meditation practice as a numbing. Yes, you know it's like oh. I'm okay, you know, I've done my, you know, I've done my yoga, so I'm all right. I don't need to think beyond mm. the mat. And I think mm. it's about, you know, the, connecting the mat to the to the world. It's mm. not about, oh, oh I'm, I'm okay, I've done my practice, and then I can go off and work in an industry that might be having a, a seriously negative impact upon the world, Yeah. as an example. Yeah, that's right. Um, because I think often, and often the way people come to yoga is from the physicality of it. Um, yeah. But many people are sort of stuck in that spot of it's a it's a workout, and yeah. the re and it's very different to the rest of life. Um, and it is that question, Norman. How do we how do we um, request that people might wake up a little bit more? How 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 do we have that conversation that people can live their lives a little more imaginatively? I, I think um, it's about recognizing that what could work really well for one person is a complete disaster for another person. Mm -hmm. um, personally, I think humor can be mm -hmm. a wonderful exercise of, you know, just, oh, oh, kind of, it's like, you know, mm. laughing at the situation, you know, mm. trying to kind of break down the defenses. I think, mm. you know, talking from our own experience can be really helpful. So, you know, for myself, mm. you know, I've, I've come from places, you know, I said, you know, places of, you know, doing quite a lot of self-numbing mm -hmm. and, you know, recognizing actually that's not been helpful for me. So mm. we can talk. So it's actually make it real rather than yeah. just kind of preaching from mm. a book or from mm. what someone else has told us, you know, what, mm -hmm. you know, so, I, you know, going on like say meditation retreats, mm -hmm. I can be like, Oh, Oh, I feel reasonably quiet inside. Oh, this is possible mm. rather than having the kind of, you know, the nervous anxiety as this constant, vibrating hum to my life it can you know the dial can be turned down and what i find what i find is when the dial is turned down i i experience say more creativity i experience more connection i can be um kinder to other mm. you know when you know when that kind of the anxiety is turned up mm. and we are all anxious cat. Mm -hmm. Every person is anxious. Mm -hmm. And the, the difficulty is when the anxiety is turned up, that's when the walls are being built. Mm. That's when the anxiety is turned up. That's when we're more defensive and less receptive. Mm. And like, you know, I'm, you know, my partner was showing me um, a kind of a movement yesterday Mm. And I could feel this kind of resistance in me and, you know, and we could talk about it afterwards, but I could feel, you know, on, on some level, I don't like being told what to do. <laughs> like, you know, I'm this kind of like awkward 14 year old boy. Don't tell me what to do, <laughs> but it's to kind of, okay. And it's to see it and okay, mm. welcome it. And, you know, yeah. kind of turn towards it, run, like push it away. Yeah. Okay. Hello. You again. Yeah. I like that. Making friends with your inner demons. 
with yes. uh, or not even I suppose inner demons is part of your personality which is yeah. uh, harder yeah yeah the you know the it, the problem is sometimes the inner demons become so loud that we're mm. crushed mm. and you know we turn to you know the self-numbing or mm-hmm. we turn to you know the despair the depression mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know I was with um uh, I went to a talk a few days ago with a man called Stephen Jenkinson, Jenkinson mm-hmm. who's a super interesting guy and uh, a wonderful film has been made about his work, uh, Grief Walker. And mm-hmm. he's worked for a long time in what he calls the death trade. And wow. he was talking about how, you know, we live in an age that is very hard on age and big mm-hmm. on youth. And mm-hmm. yet at the same time, many young people are, chronically depressed you know there is a mm. lot of despair mm-hmm. and it's like and he's like well what are we what are we doing with our lives <laughs> what, you Great know what question. are we really what are we really doing with our lives and mm. it's it comes back to this kind of like let's wake up to what's happening not mm. build walls mm. not kind mm. of you know separate us from others mm. and mm. you know you kind of look at the whole kind of you know the whole kind of general situation you know, I can feel this. Oh my God! You know, the whole kind of the rise mm. of the wall building, mm-hmm. the rise of kind of blaming others, mm-hmm. and it's like actually, wow! You know, but it's like, yeah, what can we do? What is what is to, what is to be done about this? Yeah, well, that's and and that's I think what um, I suppose that's my mission for right now is to speaking mm-hmm. people who are. Um, who are taking the steps and who are doing something because I think that's a that's a feeling I get when I speak to everybody really right now it's just this overwhelming feel fear fear yep. it's overwhelming and um you know what what come on everybody it's okay what can we do there are things it's it's out there and within us all and mm. sort of let's keep inspired and let's keep you know like you were saying listening to a talk i'm going to find that one out and i'm going to put it on the show notes so other people can um can can find out what that is all about because i think that's it it's if we are inspired by people who are doing these things and who are waking up we we also can then oh okay it's not that hard we can take those small steps it's it's doable in in one of the um buddhist teachings Mm. that uh you know they talk about it sometimes might be described as the three jewels. So the three jewels, they talk about the Buddha, which is the ideal of enlightenment to which we aspire. So, mm. you know, the fact that, you know, great change can happen. And then mm. there's the Dharma, which can have various uh, translations, such as teachings or maybe the truth, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the Sangha. And the mm. Sangha is community, you mm. know, a, a community of people and there's this teaching from the Buddha where he's asked by Ananda, who was his attendant, mm-hmm. and Ananda says to him, you know, is, you know, what is the Sangha, is it, what is the most important teaching, or is the Sangha as important as the Buddha and the Dharma? And the Buddha response was the Sangha is the most important teaching. Wow. So community is the most mm. important teaching. And, mm. you know, people like Thich Nhat Hanh, another Buddhist teacher, mm-hmm. have talked about, well, you know, maybe the next Buddha is Sangha, is community. Mm. And I think it's like in times of fear, turn towards other. Yeah. You know, rather than, rather than backing away, 
where mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, triple locking the door. Mm-hmm. It's like turn towards other, you know, like kind of look at other, you know, yeah. make connection, run yeah. disconnecting. Yeah, and, that's you know, really good. You know, this this point about, you know, how can we how can we inspire ourselves? So, mm. you know, when I, I I'm loath to mention this name um, <laughs> on your podcast cap, but when Trump was elected, <gasps> when when I know, sorry, when he was elected, I was actually on a meditation retreat, mm. and um, gosh, it must have been hard this, to come back from that. <laughs> so I was on this meditation retreat, mm. and um, it was like a two week meditation retreat at mm. Guy House, which is. If anyone's listening and they're interested in meditation and retreats, mm. I'd highly recommend Gaia House. Oh, it's where down else in, is it? Uh, it's in Devon, near Newton Great. Abbott. Great. And um, so I'm on this meditation retreat. And before we'd gone into silence, I talked mm. to um, someone else who's American. And she'd, mm. and then the day after the election, so I knew when the election was, okay, day mm. after. And I saw her mm. and she like, you know, she just put her head in her hands as she looked mm. happy. And mm. I was like, oh, god (laughs) and actually it was a great place to hear that news because Mm -hmm. rum being kind of whipped up into the Mm. you know the kind of the hysteria and Mm -hmm. the the fear and the fury it was like Mm -hmm. okay okay Mm -hmm. so i'm in this kind of place i'm feeling grounded i'm feeling Mm -hmm. steady Mm -hmm. okay this has happened yeah and other terrible things have happened Mm. and life goes on so, you know, that thing of like, you know, sometimes when there's a lot of fear, we just go into these kind of defensive, reactive mm-hmm. places, which mm. are not um, constructive. Mm. So okay, this has happened. Okay. Mm. But what, what can, you know, far worse things have happened than him being elected. So it's mm. like, okay, what, you know, what, what can we do? What can we do? Mm. So, you know, we kind of just keep asking ourselves these questions. Mm. What can we do? You know, mm. so run, run, retreating. It's like turn towards. Okay, this mm. has happened. What can we do? And mm. I think you know that point that you mentioned about um, inspiring ourselves. And mm. We can do that in in many different ways, and we can inspire ourselves by you know recognizing the reality that uh, societies change, that mm. nothing is fixed, mm-hmm. and then it's like well what kind of change would I like to happen? Mm. You know, it comes back to this, like, what makes my heart sing? What mm. do I want? Mm. And um, just kind of taking things from there, really, Kat. Mm. Mm, that's, yeah, that's absolutely perfect because we've come now full circle. What makes my heart sing is the question. Um, and a lot of people, I suppose, who first hear that without any of the contents, they'd say, well, that's a very narcissistic occupation to wonder about yourself what about everything else but actually how we've seen it is in context that is one of the broadest things that you could do for the world is actually living your dharma i suppose is one word of saying it and but also that can there can be a justification to that response of well that's Mm. very narcissistic Mm. because that does definitely exist within the kind of the yoga meditation buddhist circles that kind of Mm -hmm. narcissism and so that's about kind of again questioning that it's not enough just to kind of for an individual to be touching their toes Mm. it's Mm. like well how can we you know how can we connect to other and actually Mm. in connecting to other and connecting more to ourself 
that is far mm. more profound than touching our toes or standing on our head. Mm. Yeah, I think so. And and then we just need to find our niches, find our people, find our tribes, our sangha, our community, yes. and yep. get stronger together, I suppose. That's the way. Yes. Yeah, you know, I really believe in um, connection and community. And we can learn so many, as I've already mentioned, we can learn so many lessons from having people around us, from people holding mm. up the mirror in front of mm. us and saying, well, okay, what are you really doing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think we all we all need that. And unfortunately, so many of us are surrounded by people who are just, oh, isn't that good? Brilliant job. Well done, Kat. And actually, you just yeah. need to say, what the hell were you thinking of? Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> you a bit like that. the whole kind of, you know, the whole social media world. It's either mm. that's so wonderful, you're so wonderful, mm -hmm. or that's so awful, you're so yes. terrible. Yeah, and there's absolutely. not kind of much in between. No, and I absolutely think, you know, right. <laughs> That's one of the points of like having more of a kind of face-to-face -face discourse when it's yes. possible that we can perhaps yeah. find that middle ground. And I yes. kind of sometimes think when I'm reading stuff on social media, I'm like, mm. wow, you would never say that to someone's face. Yeah, absolutely. And But you're absolutely right. We're all very complicated beasts. A lot of us have yeah. um, a lot of different elements to us. Yes. And we yeah. can't get all our nuances out in that yeah. sort of 150 characters or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's gone up to 280, but I'm not sure. <laughs> no, I try and avoid it. it. Yeah, me too. And that's really bad for somebody who's meant to be working <laughs> in tech. But there we go. But well, I've, so, I, I've so enjoyed this sort of towards a force of being change in the world it's wonderful and just that so I, th I think that we did we said we sort of decided between us it, the, the the small steps that you would take for somebody to make those changes the practical way would be would be to find community is that right yeah. am I that, putting words a, into your that's mouth a, that's a really good place to start really mm. good place to start yeah mm. looking mm. around uh, who can who can who can I connect with who kind of mm. You know, who can I experience um, community with? Mm -hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I think that is a brilliant thing. Well, thank you so much, Norman. And um, just as parting so that people can know where to find you, how to follow <laughs> you, all of this stuff. First of all, you've written an, a beautiful and amazing book um, on yin yoga. Will you talk um, just... Just talk a little bit about that so that people know what they can expect from um, your book. So it's called Brightening Our Inner Skies. Mm -hmm. And um, it's about, uh, obviously, yoga. But mm -hmm. it's also about um, myself, my life, mm -hmm. kind of reflecting on like how my life has been and some of the changes and some of the obstacles I've um, experienced and it's this idea of like, you know, how can we be more conscious directors of our mm. life and how can we be more influential in this world? Mm. Perfect. And everybody, I think there's a space for every person to be a leader, to be influential in the world. Yeah. So that's yeah. wonderful. It's a great message. Yeah. Um, well, thank you very, very much indeed, Norman. I do hope that Everybody, you really must go out and um, buy that book because Norman's <laughs> words are, well, you're, you're an incredibly wise teacher. You've got so much to share. And I just hope that you you do carry on. I know it's exhausting, but please carry on working and teaching <laughs> <laughs> and sharing everything that you have learned. Because I'll, I'll try not again, to be grumpy. 
don't be grumpy absolutely because otherwise it's just going to be those teachers who are very good at marketing who get out there and so it's really nice if there's somebody who have something you know from the heart that you're sharing thank you thank you so much well I really hope you enjoyed my chat with Norman as much as I enjoyed it I must say that I find him an absolute shining light in the world of yoga where there are so many yoga teachers who are all about just the postures and he is about living his yoga off the mat in a life of fearless integrity and honesty and how he spirals that out to championing yoga teachers, to championing the environment. He, for me, is a real champion of change and I loved what he said about challenging complacency. I think that's just well, so interesting and important. Um, For me, this is one that I'm going to, a conversation I'm going to go back to a lot because I think that there's so much in there about how to be conscious and how to make your conscious choices. Um, He's such a wise person and you, you do get that feeling when he's teaching the classes. I don't know if you've tried his yin classes on movement for modern life, but you do get that feeling. You get a taste of his philosophy, which is really so integral to his practice and his whole life. And I think for me, that is what it's all about. And I really hope you agree and enjoyed it. So please do continue supporting us, continue listening. I really do appreciate all of your support. I'm so grateful. And if you can, please rate us on iTunes. That would be just lovely. Alrighty, until next time, cheerio.